Welcome to Screen Masters with me, Bav. Me, Fluff. And today on the show, we're going to be doing part two of Mythic Quest. So looking at season two this time. But before all of that, in the words of Jim Henson this week. Jim Henson? Jim Henson. I would like to say, why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only illusions, and rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told, and some choose to believe it, but I know they're wrong, wait and see. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. There you go. That's, um, what's, what's, what's with the Jim Henson? Ah, it's relevant to today's episode. Okay. It is used at the end of an episode. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't remember myself. I have recently watched it, but I don't remember. But you're usually on point with the music, so (laughs) you're usually on point with that. It's a very, very, very good bit. You'll remember it when we get to it. I'm sure. So yes, uh, so admin, 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 admin. Stop saying so. Facebook.com forward slash the Screen Masters. If you want to join in the discussion, you can at us at the sm underscore pod on Twitter. And if you want to look back at any of the old. YouTube stuff, you can go to bit.ly forward slash byt and remember the byte is spelt as a computer byte, not a food byte. I always get those two confused. I know you do. That's why I keep reminding us. So, <laughs> over to you, my friend. What so, you <clears throat> yeah, so I mean, it's been a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. We're trying to keep this whole, you know, podcast thing back on schedule. Uh, Tries me might. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think what I've watched, actually. Uh, so we're, we're kind of chugging along with Moon Knight at the moment, but we, we that's not finished. It's not finished, so let's not, you know, t- t- say too much. Next week, we've got Doctor Strange as well, so that's going to be uh, that's gonna be coming up. I'm going to, ooh, got some. Oh, yeah, we need to book tickets for that. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, as a bit of real-life admin. But... Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll discuss that after. We'll discuss that. But, uh, so, yeah, no, uh, other things I have watched. The Last Kingdom um, is a series which has been about for a good while. Don't know if you've ever spotted it on Netflix. Um, it basically is, you know, Vikings coming over. Oh, uh, right. Uh, oh, coming for, for a little while. So it, it's basically about the Danes coexisting with the brits and uh, yeah it's kind of the beginnings of how england comes to be um it's actually a really good series really really good series it's on i was i think it was this fifth maybe sixth series um this is the last series they uh, do appear to be doing a big movie afterwards um but it's it's really good uh, it's it, there's a lot of good actors in there and there's a lot of action there's a, there's a lot of the kind of game of thrones backhanded usual kind of bullshit as well but for a small ish show that you know isn't too too grandiose it does very good realism for that era um so you know yeah so that 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 i finished which was enjoyable uh other thing as well trying to think oh yeah a couple of um 
couple of things off of the old Amazon Prime. I don't know why I'm plugging them each individually, but, you know, it just it tells you where to go. Um, so, obviously, you've been uh, trucking on with Picard. and Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. My reaction to that says a lot, ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls. Oof, good God. I get what they've anyway. done. They've, yeah, they've I get it. The I'm... most popular film of the next uh, of the original yeah. series and taken the most popular film of the next gen series and gone, well, wh- what if we push these two together? It should mm. be good, right? Mm. Picard's not... one of my least favourite. I'll tell you what, I said something yeah. last night as well when uh, gaming with our friends. But what? why do they keep making Picard shout? Because, bless him, Patrick Stewart's voice does not have the power it did in First Contact. Mm-hmm. And I love that bit as much as everyone else does, where he's like, mm-hmm. no, no! It has to be earned. It has to be earned. You don't have to do it every five minutes. Well, exactly. And they seem so they seem to get him angry far too often. But like I say, the the fella's getting old, and his voice doesn't have the boom that it used Mm -hmm. to have. So it doesn't work as well. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't recreate what you're trying to do. Um, But yeah, no, it's uh, I'm still watching it. But yeah, (laughs) it hasn't offended me as much as the first series did. To be fair. I don't I, think it's very um, good. Uh, no, I don't. Um, I suppose the only thing I would have said is the plus of the other one was what it felt more Star Trek. Yeah, it was in space. You know, they were going places. This is, like you say, it's just a very long version of, of the Voyage Home kind of scenario, bit of first contact thrown in there. And it exactly. just doesn't feel... Yeah, I'm. I'm. I mean, I know that they've done a third season. Apparently, all of the next gen cast are coming back in some capacity or other for it. So that will be interesting, and I have a bit more interest in that. But this series has just been a huge. The first two episodes, I was sold. Uh, the first episode, yeah. I'm really in. Yeah, I think we said last, episodes, I was like, okay, last yeah. recording, didn't we? That it was. Yeah. It started quite well. It was yeah. like watching Star Trek again. Yeah, it did. Um, and there has been a couple of bits of fan service, you know, like the guy on the bus with the with the you know with the stereo with the music playing was the actual guy from the Voyage Home sat on the bus that Spock walks up to, nerve pinches and knocks out. That is the same actor. That is the same guy, and that's the same song. Yeah, so really that's a cool little bit of fan service, but that. Your fan service is not enough, unfortunately. For no, not always. No. Um, something else our good friend Baggy put me on to was The Legend of Vox Machina on uh, on Amazon as well, which is, uh, it's uh, animated, kind of in a anime style, uh, you know. Uh, it's just about a group of, it, it starts off essentially with what would what would happen if, you know, the crew, the good crew from The Lord of the Rings just die within the first second. And that's kind of what you get. That's how I think our friend put it to me. He was like, imagine the, the you know, the Lord of the Rings guys just die within the first two seconds. And this is the kind of like, you know, the scraps of that kind of ilk. Uh, it, it's actually a lot better. Than, uh, I've probably really not sold it very well, but uh, it's, it's a really fun animated series. Doesn't take itself too seriously, but there's again, those moments of, okay. Yeah. Seriousness. Um, yeah, it, it's enjoyable. Uh, it was, uh, I think, 12 episodes. Hopefully they'll do a second season. I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it, so that was that. Nice. Um, and yeah, I've, the the other thing, I, I'll say I've started watching, or well, had started watching, I'm not not sure whether I'm going to continue, it was Black Sails. Um, 
because yeah, Neebs Gaming, obviously, uh, yeah. Neebs, Neebs had always gone on about it, but unfortunately, he kind of likes stuff like Battle Elita um, uh, and Bumblebee. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I, I enjoy Bumblebee, but you know, Battle Elita really did not do it well for me. And, yeah, I like yeah. Bumblebee, but not quite as much as Neebs does. No. Uh, so I started watching Black Star. Again, there's some... It, 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 it was stars, so it's kind of that, uh, you know, I think probably during that Spartacus Black Sailsy kind of era where they went, you know, it, very kind of grainy appearance. Um, I know Michael Bay is one of the producers, which I was like, eh. that was that was interesting. Um, it's okay. It, it's okay, but I don't think I'm going to probably continue it past the first season. I've just not invested enough. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I think, yeah. Pirate history, isn't it? And shit? Yes, well, yeah, it's, a lot of it is still right. throwing in uh some made up characters as well i think um but yeah the reason that i i watched it i think is probably because i just finished watching uh our flag means death which if you haven't seen it please do it's absolutely fantastic um taika watiti and uh reese darby as you correctly told me last time um uh, just put on a, a fantastic performance um it, it really did it did go in a bit of a different direction to that than i thought it was but for the better in some ways um really really enjoyed it um i know a lot of critics have loved it and a lot of people are giving it a lot of love but yeah it's really fantastic so i do encourage you to watch that okay what about yourself what you watching oh well let's go back through the list have you watched the batman yet I haven't watched The Batman. No, it was my evening's viewing for this evening. So, okay, um, so that's yes. fine. We'll save that one for next one then. Okay. I've seen it, so I think it's worth a discussion there. Uh, well, they've already announced a, a The Batman 2 already, so, yes. you know, just announced that, so that'll be interesting. Um, What else have we got here? It's just loads of old shit that I've watched, really. Because, um, yeah, I've watched... <laughs> I started The Batman one night and then realised it was three hours and I didn't have enough time to finish it. Yeah, three hours. Oof. I then yeah. left it for another night when I did have time and watched it. Um, and I started watching Uncharted last night, but fell asleep. Okay. <laughs> not, not for any fault of the film, to be fair. It was late, so. Oh, okay. Very well. I put it on thinking, oh, yeah, I fancy watching this. This will be fun. And then, yeah, I was just so tired, I fell asleep. Um, what have we got here? So, I've mentioned in the past the... Uh, Resident Evil movies and my yeah. the uh the Paul W. S. Anderson ones. Well obviously they did a remake. Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Yes, yes. It was like last year now, but Yeah, I was gonna say it's a I've got notes on it. I've got notes on it. Oh you've always got um it's a lot closer to the games than the Paul W. S. Anderson stuff ever got. Um I I haven't played enough Resident Evil to know this or not. I meant to talk to our our friend Baggy because he knows better than I. But I always thought Leon Kennedy was supposed to be a cool character because he always was the one with the hair and he always looked cool. And I thought he was supposed to be a badass. But in the movie, he's like a totally useless rookie. Like he's actually shit. Like he, he fucks up multiple times throughout the film. So no um, character development to show. Oh, he could be. Well, maybe moving forward. Or... But, yeah, he's sort of still fucking up towards the end. Yeah. Um, I I thought it was entertaining trash, to be honest. It didn't offend, but it's not going to live long in the memory either. But if you are a Resident Evil, uh, you know, game nut, then you've now got something that's way closer to the movies than than W. S. Anderson ever got. So that's nice for you. Um, Guy Ritchie. 
one of his films went straight to Amazon, I think, because I never saw it in the cinemas called Wrath of Man. Or is it Netflix, actually? I'm not sure. It's one of them. Mm. It's a film called Wrath of Man. And it's the Stath. Oh, I remember. Yeah, okay, yeah. Guy Ritchie, I was like, this can't be that bad. Forgetting about Revolver, obviously. Uh, you know, Snatch is good. Um, and I watched it. And, and actually, it's not that bad. It, it's a pretty bog standard sort of heist gone wrong. And then uh, Stath is chasing down people for vengeance, you know. So it, it's fairly bog standard, nuts and bolts. Um, it jumps the. He jumps around in the time frame of the whole thing, in the chronology of it, to sort of tell the story out of order, which makes it more interesting in the first place. And then because it's Guy Ritchie, actually, I do think he's got a flair for directing. He There, there are some really interesting shot choices in, in places in here. Um, and it, it, it has enough flair and, and slick to it to sort of pull off a very basic bog-standard story. But there is one line that I wrote down while I was watching it because I just couldn't fucking believe what Stath had just said. So there's a line where he's basically trying to get someone to sort themselves out. And he says to them, you worry about putting your arsehole back in your arsehole. What the fuck does that mean? Okay. You worry about putting your arsehole back in your arsehole. I was like, yep, that's 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 some written by Guy Ritchie stuff right there, if ever yeah. I saw it. But yeah. Almighty. yeah. It's not too bad. If you like that sort of I, I don't mind the odd Guy Ritchie Cockney you know, nonsense thing. There's um, several there that I I do look at and I'm I think the the gentleman is yep, one that which I've, is I've one looked I was at gonna come like... on to discuss next because I've that's another thing I've watched not so long ago. Yeah, I debated whether to Oh well, there you go, you can tell me whether I should or not. I again it's if you like snatch uh lock stock that sort of again out of order storytelling mm-hmm. uh, a lot of it is sort of Hugh Grant's character having a discussion with Charlie Hunnam's character and this you know it keeps coming back to them two having a discussion and then going off into a dramatization of what they're talking about cool. okay. and then coming back to it so it's got you know, some gimmickry around it to tell the story in a more interesting way. Mm-hmm. But I, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was all right. Hugh Grant made me laugh and, and was really good in it. Um, Colin Farrell's quite funny in it. Um, yeah, it, it's got some good stuff. It's not anything crazy. Uh, uh, McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey. It, he He's quite good as well. I enjoyed him uh, and his wife in it. Or his, you know, the, the story wife that he has in it. But yeah, I, I thought it was all right. If you like that sort of thing every now and then, which I do, then, yeah, it's worth a go. Um, So, we haven't discussed Peacemaker. Oh, yeah. And we haven't discussed Hawkeye. It was that long ago. My goodness, okay. So, do you want to discuss either of those? Sure, pick one. Pick one, pick one. Uh, let's have a well. Let's chat around Hawkeye. That was longer ago. No, actually, I I want to remind myself a little bit of Hawkeye because I know I loved it and I remember some bits that I loved, but there are some things niggling that I can't remember. Cool. Uh, Peacemaker, the HBO. Uh, was it HBO Max over there? Wasn't it? I think over here it's on Sky. Um, a few months after it was uh, actually shown. Um, 
obviously based on the uh, John Cena character from the James Gunn version of the Suicide Squad <laughs> and continues his story from the end of the movie. Uh, when did it finish? It finished a bit ago, actually. But anyway, what did you think? Uh, I mean, to, to begin with, you just, I mean, it, the, the show opens with John Cena, who we, 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 again, we both know and love from, from, uh, wrestling, uh, from around wrestling time. And so we know he's the clean cut, you know, never say quit character. Um, so you start off a series with him basically buck naked other than, you know, a hospital gown and you show his ass. Yep. And you show him swearing, and yeah, the, it, right out the gate, you're like, okay, this is a different side to this person, and this is this is funny already yeah. straight away. And then, and then the opening sequence, and then 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 you get the opening <laughs> dance number. And I mean, for fuck's sake, it's just amazing. Again, just James Gunn's creative mind to go, yeah, this is kind of the thing that I want. Getting somebody in to obviously do the whole thing, but the the cast. Again, clearly some of them will have had fun doing it. Some of them will have fucking hated doing it. I've read Robert Patrick absolutely was rubbish at it. Um, I I imagine he did not enjoy doing that at all. Yeah. Uh, You could could just see Cena just like, I mean, he's a guy, choreography. I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, the five moves of doom. He he did those every day of the week for a very long time. So yeah, he can, he can do, uh, it was just hilarious. Uh, And then as the, the show just picks up again you it was uh, it is exactly as kind of james gunn said i think when he talked about suicide squad and he said everybody in that has an arc you know by the end of the film there's some kind of arc of their character mm. peacemaker doesn't have that arc at all he's just a bit of an asshole throughout the whole thing you don't get anything about it and this is that continuation and put in you know, a couple of the people from Suicide Squad with him as a, you know, as a team and, and then the introduction of Vigilante as well, um, which is really weird because I know that they recast the guy. They, they shot most of his scenes or something like a good chunk of his scenes. And then they ended up disagreeing on something and yeah, creative differences or whatever. And yeah, so they've recast and the other guy came in and just picked up. So th- to, to be able to recast a guy when you've already shot a good chunk of scenes, that's pretty good. Uh, and again, just the, the way that they all bounced off of one another. It's just one of these James Gunnisms, I suppose, yeah. of, of finding a good cast. He finds the right actor to play the right role. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, just the story itself is just fun. It's a bit of an explorsies. Uh, it's a bit of a mystery. Um, you know that there's stuff going on. There's a bit of, you know, I don't want to give too much away because you know I want people to to if you yeah, haven't seen it to go and watch it. Uh, so, uh, but there's a good amount of fan service left, right, and center. Um, it, it was just fun to watch. It didn't take itself too seriously. Uh, it, it it was still heart wrenching at points because it touched on real things. I mean, what one thing I'll say is is Robert Patrick. Really must have found it a bit hard to be a real racist sack of shit in this thing at yeah. times. Really harsh, like really, really harsh at points. And you're just like, but it's when he's dealing with the Asian police officer, isn't exactly. It? Yeah. And, and, and the fuck? fact that she 
took that and you're just like fucking hell i get it it's acting and the whole point is to highlight that there are scumbags out there that are like this and that will say this shit um and i i get that but yeah it's it is hard to watch because you just think fuck me yeah there are assholes that that sound and think like that yeah you know yeah unfortunately there are uh but yeah as as a whole the cast just really really it, it it the cast sold it sometimes the story can be good or bad we've seen with you know, enough fucking CW shows and stuff like that. You can have a good story, but if, if the cast or it just doesn't gel well, it's not going to be good. This just gelled well, you know? Absolutely. And like you say, to, not taking itself too seriously was a big thing that it needed to do, particularly, you know, by the time we get to the end of it and the big sort of, well, it reminds me of James Gunn and Slither that he did mm-hmm. eons yeah. ago. You know, it's it's that sort of James Gunn that he got to exercise a little bit during this series because it was sweary and gory and you know could be fun um so yeah i i i loved it i thought it was fantastic i do there is an issue that it brings up for me but it's only something that i've noticed a trend towards recently Mm. and i wonder what it ends up doing to the landscape as a whole uh, Peacemaker was a baddie in the first one. He was a villain, mm. and you've taken a villain and you've given him. You can't make a story about a villain unless they're going to redeem themselves, because mm-hmm. no one wants to watch a villain being a villain, basically. And that's kind of a trend I'm seeing now. You know, obviously Disney sort of started it with their uh, Maleficent being a you know sort of oh here's the here's the wicked witches side trying to humanize them exactly because you have to and i get that you know because you have to humanize them to the audience otherwise the audience won't care about them as the film goes on and therefore you've got no film because you've got no engagement so it, it makes logical sense but i just hate the fact that we've got to take these villains and turn them good because it's like no what you know sometimes Sometimes I want a two-dimensional villain <laughs> for something silly, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't have to be complex and nuanced. And obviously Marvel's very, very good at that. They're very good at taking their, you know, uh, I always think of Killmonger in Black Panther. Until he goes full heel and starts trying to take over the world, he's got a fucking point. So it it it, it becomes difficult when they're taking all these people. And yeah, like Cruella was the most recent one, you know. So we've got to give her a reason to have been been like this. And like I said, I get it. It, it gives them a backstory, but do they need the backstory sometimes? Mm. Sometimes I just want them to be evil and bad for the sake of it. But like I say, in this case, it was, uh, it worked and they strayed the line of, well, they actually strayed quite a good line of, of is he a goodie or a baddie? But they did deal with it quite a lot in, you know, what Peacemaker thinks of himself. Yeah, again, it's his interactions with the other members of the team, his friendships that are built with other members of the team. And again, how he feels betrayed and uh, everything that goes along with Peacemaker, you begin to understand him before. Again, he's just the funny character in, in the film uh in the he he's a great foil against Idris Elba in that he, you know but when you take him out of that environment and 
shine a light on him. What more do you see? And again, that's that's just kind of James Gunn just taking a random characters. You know, granted in the Marvel universe, the Guardians was actually a pretty good team, a successful team. They 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 weren't like a mad selling book or anything like that. But for sure, the sales peaked when, you know, James Gunn went, yeah, I'll take these characters and put them on screen. This is my version of the Guardians. He does take these random characters that you wouldn't expect and shines a light on them and, and gives them something. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. See ya. Yeah, good check. Good pick. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll probably, you know what, after... Uh, yeah, Hawkeye was like four months ago now. Yeah, so four we've got four. Hawkeye and we'll have uh, we'll have Moon Knight and we'll have uh, we'll have Doc Strange. So we'll have a Marvel catch-up. We'll have a yeah. Marvel catch-up soon because there's a good few to, to go through there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because, uh, you know, oh, Doc Strange could, ooh, that could change everything. We'll see. Could. We'll see. <laughs> good. Oh, days away. I'm excited. Excited. Oh. So. Yeah. My right. pick, Quest. I think Quest. Right, so I think where we'd left the first season, it's difficult for me to... Re- I think when we'd left it, it was obviously we'd just watched the first season and the quarantine episode, I think. Yes, I believe we left... Yes, because I've got notes here that says, start here. Yeah. And it's just before episode 11, which is the Everlight costume tournament. Yes. Um so yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it. One of the things that I remember most about this, aside from like Anthony Hopkins, just you're doing a voiceover right at the start of of this episode, which is just brilliant. You know, you you're at a point now you can go, yeah, let's get Anthony Hopkins just to you know do the voiceover of a tea. It's it's just brilliant. Uh, you know, like it starts off with uh, Iron just going, uh, you know, for for too long we've been like we've been languishing in the dark, and it just kind of pauses a moment it's like no seriously it's like this this whole year has just been just fucking shit yeah basically at that point i remember watching this and that that was the year of covid and yeah it was a pretty shitty year um a real shitty year at that point um and this is just that thing of, of people getting back into the office uh and like you say laughing just having a bit of a party and laughing now i spoke to uh, somebody at work who had really enjoyed the first season, absolutely hated this episode. And I was like, I really found it fun. Um, I do think it's fun, but it, yeah. it, it certainly isn't one of my favourites. It's just not yeah. me. It's yeah. not my kind of thing. But mm. like I say, it, it has got some funny moments in it. I've got a quote written down, which is Poppy saying, you can't fight the darkness with dicks. Yep. Which is a classic <laughs> Poppy Lee line. Uh, and the production value on, on the like the end sequence uh, in the episode is incredible yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, Again, uh, the you know Poppy being as lovable as ever, just lover, um, just fireball, um, and just j- just that alone, just yeah. <laughs> all one thing I'll take away from fireball, uh, brilliant, just fucking yeah. Um, it, 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 again, it's just uh, it was just an opening, an opening. Uh, well, I think it was a mid one actually. It was like a good couple of weeks. To, it was like two or three weeks before the season started. I think this came out. Yeah, um, I think reading the notes on uh, the wiki, it's yeah, it said that they they sort of held that one and showed it pre season two, like just before season two started again or something. Yep. Um. Uh, yeah. Again, there's just a few different quotes. Uh. I remember. Yeah, that was it. Um. Joe's like, 
Joe, obviously, is just being a crazy, uh, crazy person, uh, and just smashing uh, Dana, one of the one of the testers. She's like, "Die, lesbian, die!" And they're like, "Jesus, fucking you! Know, you can't say that." And she just kind of pauses for a second. She's like, "Yeah, that that you you can't do that. That's that you can't do that." And she's like, "Okay, die, bitch, die!" And just starts hitting her again. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, just just it was just again just the silliness of it all. Um, yeah, it was just yeah, it was just a fun, silly one just before the setup of the actual series itself. Um, I think again, they j- it was an extra one they appear to probably have shot, and yeah, it was weird just going back and seeing people again because again, this is a point where you know everybody is starting to go back into the office. Now I'm back in there full time. Yeah, you can hear my enjoyment of that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dealing with people all day every day. Ugh. Ugh. And to those people that work who listen to this, you already know it. <clears throat> so I don't need to hide that. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> I thought you liked the ones that listen to it. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, you don't yeah. like anyone, but like, no. I, thought, I thought you did have a special place. I can tolerate, people I can tolerate people. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's some people at work who, you know, may listen to it who... I just, I just want to get you out of any. I know you don't give a shit about being in hot water or whatever, but he does, he does talk positively about like. There's at least two names I can think of at at your place that you like or that you say are good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they leave us a yeah, maybe two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll leave it at that. Um, So season two just begins, um, and yeah. So obviously we picked up from season one where Poppy was going to leave and all the shit that was going on with Iron and he just basically, you know, you know, brings her up to, to co-creative director. I think it is. Yeah. With, that was with in nine, I think before the yeah. quarantine episode. Uh, so yeah, we, we kick off this season with them working together, you know, trying to, to come up with a new expansion. Um, and straight away, it's just like, okay, right. I'm off on a retreat. It's like, wait, what? And he's just like, yeah, I need to go and figure stuff out. So Poppy's basically just left to her own devices to start thinking things. Uh, and again, just I, lo- I love, I love Poppy Lee because the f- the ne- the next scene after Ian Iron leaves. Sorry, I keep doing that. Ian, it's not Ian, it's Iron. <laughs> as soon as uh, as soon as he leaves and she's trying to think stuff over, it then begins uh, a sex dream of hers uh, with her and Iron, and she just. <laughs> Exactly. Just like, ah, ah, I just love it. Just brilliant. Uh, which again is just a running theme throughout the episode. Then uh, that yeah, runs through just... the whole season, doesn't it? Because it's referenced back a couple of oh, times. Oh yeah, it is definitely that they've all had a sex dream about Iron. Yeah, um, it's just the, the one of the later ones in this episode. Uh, in this episode is where she's having uh, a sex dream about Iron having sex with david and it's yep. just like what the fuck yeah. um but she gets the idea for the what she's going to call the next expansion yeah but then she tracks it back because everyone's like oh don't worry it's just about power it's not about sexual things it's about power yeah. and she's like but we're co-creative directors so i i should be on the same level as him so what's happening and then in her own dream Iron whispers the title of the new expansion into her ear so yeah. there's a bit in the episode where she's trying to reconcile the fact that she came up with it because it was in her own head but it's actually iron that spoke it into her ear <laughs> but it was iron in her own head therefore she came up with the idea yeah and she just gets herself as she does that that lovely sort of confused loop that she yeah she she's like, from no, time no, to time no, and just baffles yeah, yeah. herself i love yeah, that yeah. yeah yeah um 
And so we've also so we've got the testers as well, who have obviously you know are now in a relationship, uh, and basically like how, ooh, how do we deal with this at work kind of a thing, and they, so they go to to the head of HR Carol, Carol. and just start basically just keep pissing her off because she's just like just just fuck it this is not my this is not my job to be dealing with this, uh, and one of the one of the lines and she's just like no it's it's you know it's fine to to have a relationship with somebody in work. It's stupid, but that's fine. Yeah. And as soon as she <laughs> as soon as she said that, I just went, "Yeah, she is one hundred percent right. Never ever do it. It it's just never don't. dip your wick in company oil. No ink. Yeah, ink. from personal oh, experience, it. I love that quote. That I got it from. Never dip your wick in company ink. That's yeah, uh, yeah, I've been there, done that. Not smart. yeah, yeah. Same here, mate. Same yeah. here. You you do learn one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you who are listening, who've uh, who've, who've thought, oh, that that person I work with is don't, no, 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 no. Try and no. try and stop your. Yeah. Well, if that if person it, leaves the company, yeah. or if you leave, that's fine. But yeah, don't work good. together and deal with that. No, 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 no. No. So for men, you need uh, to stop thinking with your penis in those moments and try and engage your brain. What the, yeah. is there a female like counter to that? Because you know, if men are thinking about sex, we're always told we're thinking with our penises. Yeah. Do do women like think with their ovaries? Uh, that's that. That's the territory I am not going to comment are we on. We risky business. Um, you you can dig yourself that hole. I'm okay. Good. No, I'll I'm just good. stop there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll just back the truck up, reverse out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're, they're, so again, it's it's the uh, but carrying on the the, the storyline from previous, uh, them building their relationship, which again you, you knew was going to happen anyway in the first season. That was pretty obvious. So it get, but it, again, it is funny to see them try and figure out the dynamics of how to work together and also be in a relationship and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's funny. Um, and Joe is obviously no longer working with David. She's now working. Um, <laughs> with uh, Danny Pudi, uh with Brad, um, I still love Danny Pudi just being completely oh, he's incredible. In he's he just completely different to Arbed from Community, and this it just cracks me up. Uh, and he's such an asshole, and it just at times I do admire it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I wish I could be more like Brad. That's not a good thing. Um, and yes, yeah, so again, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably not a good thing. Yeah, not a good thing. Um, so yeah, it just it, again, it's just an opening episode, like you know. Set, setting everybody up for where they're going to go with with the rest of the season but it just ends again they've done the whole sex joke throughout the entire thing and it just ends with iron um having a sex dream <laughs> yeah he's having sex with himself there nobody you go <laughs> like you. nobody satisfies me like you do yeah <laughs> yeah oh god oh, crazy um sadly the one thing that we don't uh we, we don't get in that is uh is, is an appearance by cw that's the only thing i was like ah but what so one of the again i'll just say this uh, one of the things that um we don't get too much of cw to begin with and, and actually on in live is because um rob uh was very adamant that he did not want uh, f murray abraham to come and be shooting during the middle of the pandemic because he's like if I kill F. Murray Abraham, I can't live that down in Hollywood. He's like, I, I, I can't be the guy responsible. So he was adamant he did not want him. Uh, so they had to rewrite bits of the series. So that's just one of the reasons that he's not as apparent. Uh, you know, just I just thought I'd mention that, you know, because I read too much shit about these things. Um, 
so yeah so we just get to the next one and it's the um they're basically they've come up with the expansion name now and so it's iron and poppy just okay spitballing ideas of of what they want to be the expansion and iron's just sitting there describing all this stuff and they've got these team of artists and everything he comes up with boom there it's on screen because he's just very vivid about it whereas poppy seems to have a bit of an issue with the creative side uh, and getting through to he's, them. He's technically minded, whereas he's the the creative visionary. Yeah, like you say, so when she's trying to describe building blocks like cork and yeah. stuff, and he's like, hmm. she's like, you can't describe that in an inspirational way, and he's like, really? Let me yeah. try. <laughs> so he does, <laughs> and he just inspires all the artists to draw it. Yeah, it's just like cork, just like this shape and yeah, blah 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 like, uh, yeah just do this it brings us together and it blah yeah. blah blah and it's all a part of us and... and then she's like oh come on that can't be possible there you go oh what the fuck you know it's just a brilliant looking picture and you just like yeah, what the fuck quite amusing in this episode in general because they keep getting totally overworked and then things getting abandoned it and, and it like, oh you put your magic and he's like yeah. actually it's not magic it's a team of uh, yeah. <laughs> pulling ridiculous hours yeah, he's like so you want us to work on this and the other stuff yeah you'll make it work it's all good we trust you yeah. um and so it it, it it is that funny thing of yeah we're watching a comedy show about this but it also does t- i think it really does touch upon the issues in that industry yeah yeah absolutely. that they are just they pile on the pressure on some of these guys it's like yeah you can come up with it like look at what other games are doing you can do it in half the time no, I don't. It, it it takes a lot. Like there is all of the unsung heroes for all of the games that we play. Like the guys that spend hundreds of hours designing stuff, and we, their their names are probably not nowhere near anything in the credits. You know. No. Um. So this just obviously carries on with the with a little you know creative conflict between the two of them. But um, Poppy's having this kind of issue with being inspirational. But she's about to then go and do uh, a talk, uh, a women in gaming conference, yeah. um, to ha- how she can be an effective leader. And she said, I don't, I don't know how the fuck to be an effective leader. So she then obviously recruits Iron to try and help her out. So it's just her, you know, at the end, looking phenomenal. Um, yes, I've got one of my lines is, wow, Poppy yeah, in the dress. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I she's. Mean, I, I she, love her anyway. Let's be fair. Love her any, yeah, yeah. I, I don't uh, care oh whether she God, like yeah. Poppy Lee normally does as the programmer. She's just yeah. as attractive to me as she is in the dress. But very much, yeah. It's when you see that total difference, you go, Jesus Christ! Yeah, but she completely acts like Poppy still. She's exactly. just like you know, farting, eating candy shitty food. Um, yeah, yeah, just candy, candy. <laughs> Like, she's full of candy. Yeah, um, and yeah, she just gets up on stage and, and just. Iron has done a whole presentation. She just goes up there and you think that she's absolutely bombing that she, she talks about the fact that she's fat and she doesn't know what she's doing. She's like, I'm having to put my glasses on. I've just got candy in my bag. And you're like, Oh my God, what the fuck? Uh, and then they all stand up and give her a round of applause. And then, uh, and then, yeah, David's like, Oh Jesus, I can't believe that happened. Iron's like, no, no, she, she did it exactly. He's like, what? He's like, yeah, no, look, this is, these are the bullet points. Yep. And you know, Iron had written the whole thing and she'd followed it to a T. Yep. But it turns out she'd actually been screwing both Iron and uh, David over because she'd already agreed something with each of them yep. to do something. And she basically played them and they were very so proud of her. David, it was if she delivered the speech, he'd give her her programming team she wanted. Yep. 
and she got she tricked Iron into writing the speech so that she would succeed at the speech. Yeah. So yeah, she played both of them. Yeah. To get what she wanted, and oh, I love that. It was. Yeah. I mean, that speech at the end. It, it's fantastically performed by. Oh uh, God, yeah. Christ, I keep forgetting her name. Charlotte Nicardo. Thank you, Charlotte Nicardo. Um, she's incredible performing that because it, she, like you say, the fact that it's scripted, she makes it look so natural, and it it, it is poppy all over. It's so good. Um, of course, the uh, the other side to this episode, the B story is Grouchy mm. Goat. Yes, which is Brad wants the testers to come up with a, a, a what does he call it? A cash grab piece of shovelware. <laughs> so yeah. Makes money out of it. Um, so he puts Joe in charge of producing the game. But there's a bit at the beginning when, because they do that thing of like, oh, we're together. Do we announce it? Do we say a big <laughs> blah, blah, blah? And they meet Joe first and yeah. she goes, oh, busted. And they're like, no, no, it's fine. We're just, we're, we're together now. But blah, blah. And she's like, I don't give a fuck. I mean, you're late. And then she's like, oh, oh okay. Well, you should know we're together. Um, we just wanted to, and Joe just turns around and goes, "The testers are fucking yeah. to the whole office, and no one cares." And she's yeah, like, right. she just no one fucking cares." And I'm just like, "This is oh god, it, it's just a bre- it, it's that breath of fresh air." You just again, it's one of the reasons I love Joe as a character because she's yeah. just she just says it how it is. Like nobody fucking cares about your personal problems. Only you care about your personal problems. Yeah. Oh god, I wish I could say that to people at work every day. Well, there's a bit in a later episode, isn't there, where he's like, why does everyone over under the age of 30 think that we need to know what they feel? Yeah. It's like, we don't give a fuck. Get yeah. out. Yeah. Um, um, we also do get, uh, like I say, the, the, uh, the, the first appearance of, uh, of CW again, just trying to give a story, a background story to this grouchy goat, this character they're trying to create for this mobile game. So they're just sitting down and he's coming up with this this idea and he's thinking it's like the grouchy ghost. And they're like, no, no, grouchy goat. And he's like, grouchy goat, the fuck? And it's just his reaction to that. I'm just. Can it be oh. a dead goat? No. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> just brilliant. Um, and yeah, but, but by the end of it, just, just like, yeah, they, these two have put quite a lot of effort and gone into mocap and stuff like that. And it gets to the end. And, and Brad just goes, yeah, no, too complicated. Scrap it. Because, yeah, and, that's the yeah, thing, that's isn't it? it? They have a, the testers have a disagreement. Dana and Rachel have a disagreement over yeah. whether Dana thinks it should be simplistic and basic, whereas, of course, Rachel wants to put some sort of political leaning into it um, to, to highlight the mistreatment of animals in, in industry or whatever. Mm. Um, and, yeah, they, they go with Rachel's idea, and she starts the presentation giving all the backstory shit, and he's like, yep, nope, done. You overcomplicated it, and that—that that, that I think is where he calls it a cash grab piece of shovelware, because mm-hmm. you overcomplicated a cash grab piece of shovelware. I have one quote written down here by Joe when they're in the, so the Dana and Rachel are working in the mocap studio, and they're talking about something or other, and Joe just comes over the microphone watching them. He's like, "Hey, we're not here for you two to bump muffs." <laughs> I fucking love that. That was just yeah. hilarious. I love the word. I think, yeah, it, it just muff. What a what a word, what a word. And I never hear that said these days. It just absolutely blindsided me and made me laugh. Yeah, well, we're not allowed to say the "see you next Tuesday" word anyway. So no, you know, exactly. Yeah, so anyway. Um, so the next, uh, the the next one does crack me up because it starts off with. Uh, so th- I think this one's hashtag yum yum. Yes, uh, and it's 
Uh, it just starts off with Brad trying to sell them on doing a battle royale. Yeah. Um, because let's face it, every game from bloody Fortnite to Call of Duty to, to everybody these days has done a battle royale because it's a cash cow. You know, mm-hmm. just selling skins and selling this, that, and the other. It's just so although they're doing an online game and it's a completely different element of that and they're very much against it because it, it, it creatively that's not there's, there's nothing there it's you know there's nothing so that's kind of the crux of it just like okay just that's the seed that's planted at the beginning um and then so yeah poppy and iron separately kind of go off and do separate sections of the expansion trying to come up with ideas trying to come up with suggestions of what they want so they each end up taking one of the testers under their wing. Um, Iron takes Rachel because she's shrill and annoying and asks too many questions. And um, It's because he's struggling creatively, isn't it? Because Poppy yeah. and him have split to exactly. work on separate halves of the thing. So he hasn't got Poppy challenging him. So he tries to find... <laughs> what is it? He goes to the testers and is like, which one of you is the shrill, annoying one? Yeah. <laughs> and Rachel, but you can't oh, call me that! Yeah, you're the one. Come on. Yeah, come yeah. with me. Um, and, uh, and and Poppy ends up taking Dana uh, because she sees it. She's like, but you're the best, you know, you're, you're inspirational. You're, you're the best, you know, programmer there is in the world. Damn right, I fucking am. Take a seat. And she yeah. kicks out like one of the other programmers and just like, get, get the fuck out of the seat um, because she's belittling people because she just can't seem to inspire people. Uh, is, is one guy thing. Anthony or Andrew or something. And yeah. He's the one all the way through going. It's impossible. Can't be done. Yeah, can't be done. Do can't be done. Yeah, what, what, what you're saying, you just can't be done. So she wants to change uh, procedurally, change everything that somebody does in every server constantly. Yeah, it's it's a it's a huge undertaking. Yeah, she wants peti- persistent change, concurrent uh, across all servers. Yeah, so it's a whole goddamn ridiculous. Um, and so that that's actually quite funny because as things go, each of them becomes worried because they're like, "Ah, oh, shit, I can't get done what I want to get done." I, you know, I'm finding it a bit challenging. And then Poppy basically caves and realizes there's a very easy way of getting some some something done easily. She wants to win, basically. Yeah, she wants to win over Iron, so she ends up caving and agrees to brad's fucking battle royale which really insults iron because he's like why would you do that you know we um, never do no so but again it, which is you know the trajectory we knew this was going to start heading in anyway it's all the you know. nods that we keep getting throughout the episode when they keep seeing brad and he's just reminding them of battle royale in some way or another and i remember the last one is where he's drinking a cup of tea yeah and, and it he's just got yeah. a battle royale mug yeah. and she's like jesus christ did he get that printed yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and we've also got like we got a B and a C story yeah, we have got a B as well. And C story in this one, yeah. um, so we've got um, Brad uh, again because he he's like I say he planted the seed at the beginning. He planted the seed about what a royale is just in the in the background, just kind of rubbing it in Poppy and, and Iron's faces as it continues. But his whole thing is trying to get David um, a date because he's just like, that is the ultimate challenge. If I can get you a date, that is a, an ultimate challenge. It's the one where, so like they have him sit down and what he thinks is a game, like I, a, a, a virtual game. game. And he's asking, 
Yeah, and it turns out, no, 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 behind the screen, like, behind the, the mirror are three of the employees. Uh, like, the, the one of the ones from, uh, the, the Carol from HR, can't remember, I think it's Linda or something, uh, the, the one was in the basement, Two. and... Um, and the uh, tall guy yeah and uh, so yeah and no no yeah it turns out those were the people that he was responding to ah and it's just a hysterical moment because he matches with carol or something doesn't he yeah and she's like you told me we were testing a piece of sexual harassment software yeah (laughs) it's just so funny because she's just like oh yeah they all just reject him basically and it just he, he feels a bit deflated and it just it's just Hornsby. Like you just feel yeah. fucking so sorry for him, but he puts on such a great performance to Hornsby. Um, but eventually they find him a date with some woman in, in the backwaters, like a hundred, 200 miles away, which is on a farm. Yeah. Um, and then the C storyline, as we'll call it, uh, is Joe trying to help CW, um, with his publisher because he hasn't written the follow up to his book for like 30 years. That's the bit that's so fantastic, though, when she's there arguing his case to a reasonable extension, blah, 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 and then the bloke goes, his sequel was due in 1982. Mm-hmm. And she just, like, goes, oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> and then but... I'm just like, oh, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, That is fucking brilliant. Yeah, but then uses his, uh, you know, CW's very uniqueness, the fact that he talks about Thai ladyboys and the inspiration for the book and stuff like that. Uh, to actually, well, actually, do you really want this old guy talking about this book that, you know, you want to turn into a film at his age and manages to basically win the whole thing? And you're just like, well done. So, yeah. Talk, what is it? He keeps going on about Thailand ladyboys. Yeah. Waking up with them in the morning and stories that he could tell you. And yeah. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. Um, um, a couple of bits before okay. we move on. Um, obviously, the uh, the testers also they go on a continuation of their grouchy goat storyline mm. um, in the background, but not too much tussed on. Uh, there's a bit where Poppy <laughs> she's talking to Dana, and she goes to get up, and her legs have gone to sleep. Tells <laughs> yeah. that is fucking brilliant. Um, there's also a bit where her and Ian are arguing, and I love the fact that when he says, but you put Battle Royale in the game and we said we'd never do that. And she was like, we were on a break. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Always makes me smile. So yeah, God, that's it. I'm done with episode three. All right. Uh, so next we get, uh, I've actually, I, I have pulled up the, 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 the episode listing now so I can remember the titles. Uh, Breaking Brad. Um, so this one is, it starts off with David walking in with a birthday cake and he's like, oh, I'm here to wish you a happy birthday. He's like, the fuck? It's not my birthday. Why the fuck are you wishing me a happy birthday? Why are you trying to be nice? And it turns out Brad's brother is there and uh, Brad suddenly realizes that his brother is only there because he wants to completely destroy the company. Uh, because Poppy has put Battle Royale into the game and it has now become a huge cash cow, which Brad was initially happy about, he now realizes that his brother sees that as an opportunity to gut the game uh, because he sees that it is, uh, it's, uh, that's it. That, that's as, par, uh, as, as far as the game is ever going to get. So, yeah. So Brad just spends the entire episode just freaking out. And for a guy whose uh, you know ethics and morality has been in question you suddenly start to see a bit of a different side to him now. Um, Because his his brother, 
whereas Brad is very cold and harsh to people in real life, does appear to have a bit of a heart. His brother is the opposite. He appears to be very friendly and really nice to everybody, but appears to be a stone-cold killer in reality. So again, it's that dichotomy of character, which is really funny, um, because his brother just spends the entirety just walking around just revealing little bits to joe about brad's history uh and again it's just danny pudi just being fantastic and it, it, it it's a real good danny pudi episode for me um again because i've seen him do our bed and i've just see the crazy stuff that he can do and he just yeah him freaking out over his brother is just hilarious <laughs> um so that i mean i wouldn't because that's the thing you kind of have that as the a storyline the b storyline is actually a bit more of what's going on with iron uh, and poppy yeah um yeah. so she's been bought a brand new porsche gt4 yeah with a <laughs> so, pp royale yeah and uh so iron goes to iron basically gets his tester to drive him to go and pick up poppy uh because she can't seem to drive the car because it's a, a manual or whatever the fuck i don't understand cars no. Uh, yeah, it's got a manual gearbox, and most of America, most American cars are automatics. So a yeah. lot of Americans don't know how to "quote unquote" drive stick. Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Use a clutch. So. Um, and so yeah, so he t- he's turning up with his tester, who's just annoying the shit out of him constantly. Um, and then he turns up, and that, this is the bit that, like, again, just Charlotte in the car. She's just lying on top of the car, just like, just like, just grabs her by the foot and just pulls her up. Like, her off you do body, not yeah. just sit on top of a goddamn Porsche. Um, just hilarious. Um, and he's just like, give me the keys. So she throws the keys at him in a really horrible way and just goes, fireball. And that, again, just the continuation of fireball always makes me laugh. Um, so, although iron then gets in the porsche and he's just like okay right yep um he doesn't know how to drive stick either so then commences a a few moments where they record him looking like a fool for trying to drive away um but he can't just yeah um so esther has to drive him back because rachel knows how to drive stick yeah and then commences perhaps one of the best conversations. I was gonna, I'm glad you said that. I'm just about series, to say, actually. and then starts one of the best sequences in in this series, if not this just this episode. Yeah. Um. So basically, yeah, the the tester is sitting there just having a good old moan about this, that, and the other, and I and just life and Dana. Yeah, and just like how unfair things are, and then he's just like, you know, do you know what I had to do? And he basically tells the story about how he you know, got in an elevator with his boss one day and just threw ideas at him, like 11 ideas. He's like, whether he heard all of them or not, or one of them just stuck, he's like, that was that that was it, the foot in the door. And I built up and built up and built up. And she, um, you know, it's, it's all about... Yeah, yeah, that's it. I don't I'm get those because, you know, it's because, because I'm, a, uh, I'm not a, a male, uh, you know, Caucasian male. And uh, he's like, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. I had those opportunities. But do you know what's an opportunity? And it's just his, like, hand-waving, just, like, pointing. He's like, right there, right now, you're with your boss, sat in this car. What do you want? You, I literally cannot go anywhere. You are driving me. You are driving me fucking crazy. What do you want? And she hasn't got an answer for him. And he's like, so don't fucking come at me with all this shit because you don't, you, you can't. You don't know what you want. You tell me what you want and I will give it to you. You don't know what you want. And it's just a brilliant 
brilliant you need to, go on, you need to yeah. sort your shit out and decide what you want and then you can have it because at the minute you're not ready yeah. you're not ready to take an opportunity when it's presented to you yeah and then that's it so then eventually you know they get back and then that continues that conversation and yeah she's just like oh okay i want to do this he's like okay what about it do you want to do this do you want to do this do you want to do this she's like i i don't know it's like figure it out don't keep saying this this and this figure it out and come back to me and again it shows the supportiveness of yeah they're like yeah we know we know we know just come at me what do you want and again, I'm that kind of person that I love that direct approach with people. Yeah, absolutely. And isn't there a bit in the car around? Like, oh God, trying to help women is so frustrating yeah. or so difficult or something, because you know, in this scenario, that she doesn't know what she wants, so she can't be helped. Yeah. Um. There's a a good bit I like where where they're talking about the driving, and she tells Dana that she's got to sit in the back of the or that she'll sit in the back of the car or something while Dana drives her. And they're like, oh, oh, that's a bit sticky. I don't, I don't know about yes. that one. Yeah, Nine's yeah, like, yeah. I am just gonna back totally out of this one. Yeah. And Polly's like, uh, Poppy is like, I'm a woman of color. I, I can't get cancelled. Can, yeah. Can I? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, I don't think we've got. No, I don't think we've got to that point in in the Always Sunny yet. I don't think we've got to the the woke cancel episode yet. Um, okay. When we get there. Whew, That'll be a fun one to talk about. Um, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so it, it eventually it ends with this one, with with Brad kind of be, trying to beg his brother not to end the game um, and showing a little bit of weakness because it turns out Joe was listening. And, um, and it, it's great that because the, the camera just stays on Brad's face for reaction the entire time that his brother is saying what he's going to do to Mythic Quest, that he's going to strip it down for parts and sell it off and blah, blah. And you can just see, yeah, like you say, it's a totally different side to the Brad character at that moment. Um, But yeah, unfortunately, a shark sees his moment of weakness and smells blood in the water. And the concept of animals, uh, sharks and the like, leads us into the next one. Uh, which is <laughs> which is please sign here. Um, so now stop here for a second, just before sure. we go into the episode. I'm sure. just looking at the credits here, and uh, Megan Gans is listed as the director, yes. who is obviously one of the co-creators. Is that the same Megan? Yes, that's on the podcast. Yeah. Yes, it I, is. I assumed so. Yes, so, yes, it is. Who wrote this episode then? Because I'm looking at a name that says Katie McElhenney. And who's Katie McElhenney? I believe it is Rob McElhenney's sister. Sister, right. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Because, yeah, that, that first time I've noticed that. And obviously this episode is it's really, really well written. Yeah. Because it's a very different type of episode. Yeah, I mean, I know they have a, a writer's room, uh, as as we've been learning throughout the Sunny Pods, which, yeah, yeah. again, if you're not watching those, do they're fantastic. Um, I love that each one of them is different. Yeah, we'll talk about that another time. Um yeah, so uh, the, their writer's room is basically, you know, it, when when there's always like, oh, written by, I think it's always a collective thing, but... Oh, yeah, absolutely. They always that say person that, probably has that kind of, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to do, you know, yeah. yeah. It's just a name I didn't recognise, and I don't know who I, you know, I, obviously I assumed it's something to do with Rob, but I don't know who it is, so I just thought it was interesting to ask a question. Um. So, yes, go on. Uh, right, yeah, so please sign here, so... 
uh the ever lovable carol from hr i do love carol uh, yeah I i've got a note here that says i'm really glad that carol gets a, a bigger part in this one for once yeah. it's nice to see her a bit more um so all she's doing is just trying to get them to sign a bit of paper so they've done a test and it's putting them in a category of you know whether you're creative or uh you know whether you're an independent person or whether you're a son Alpha of a bitch whatever, um, yeah. yeah like me I'd, I'd be you know son of a bitch arsehole, um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. What, what what animal uh, would be an arsehole do you think i don't know Slo- no it wouldn't be a sloth because that's no, more like i would say chilled because i'm pretty chilled but yeah, you are pretty chilled uh, but rhino it, rhino it's probably yeah, st- i can see that you see him through strong. yeah 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 stubborn, stubborn. yeah, yeah. yeah. arsehole that yeah that okay that there you go there we go i'm a rhino certainly um, not a butterfly like that, no so. no uh but i'm not a wolf like david um <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> But that bit where, where they reveal him being the wolf, I love. And it, it's just, again, it's the flair in, in directing that they have sometimes of, of just, because it, it's where someone asks, like, where's David? Or what did David get? And it just cuts to the window and he's casting <laughs> this silhouette sat in the window in a leather jacket with his hair all up. And he's like, oh, I'm a wolf, baby. Yeah. yeah. Wolf. Che- chewing on a toothpick and That's he's just it. like, yeah, I'm a wolf. Oh, oh, oh. Um, Oh God, so fucking good! But yeah, yeah, so each of them has been assigned a different animal or whatever, and some of them are a little bit pissed off with the animal that they've been given. Um, basically, they're like, "I don't believe in this. I don't agree with this. No, no, no. I, you know, I shouldn't be this animal. I, you know, you're discriminating. You're putting us into yeah. boxes and stuff yeah, like Rachel's this." Opinion is this is you know you shouldn't be allowed to do this and pigeonhole us all. Yeah. Um, what is it? I can't remember why Brad's there. Oh, is it because she... Uh, I think he hasn't done it. No, I can't remember why Brad's there. Brad and Joe. Uh, I think it's like she... I think she got the shark and he got a mouse or something like yeah. that. Or you don't it, know that he got mouse until way later on. He keeps saying yeah. that. But he just, again, he just doesn't take it seriously. Take it. Yeah, that's it. Ian just doesn't give a shit. He's just like, no, He's Poppy didn't take it. Animal. He's a yeah. lion. He just yeah. wants to know what Poppy got. And yeah. she hasn't taken the test. Yeah. And he's like, why hasn't she taken the test? And it's, she got a special dispensation from corporate because they want her to continue with the expansion because she did Battle Royale and she's the new favorite. And yeah, yeah that just rubs eye in the wrong way, um, which again builds to something. Um, but yeah, the rest of them are just a little bit pissed off because, okay, yeah, I, I'm this animal or that animal or. And yeah, so it just begins a pissing contest between some of them. Um, and as <laughs> it goes along, yeah, especially yeah, uh, they especially keep Joe doing their devouring dance where they're, yeah, they're just around, they're just circling. They're just yeah. like, would you stop walking in a circle? Yeah, it's like you're not, you know, it's not a shark circling, you know, prey or something like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just haunts me. Just every time somebody's just like, yeah, but I'm a wolf, baby. Yeah. Um, just brilliant until. We get to the point where it's revealed uh, that yeah, uh, Poppy, sits, Poppy actually agrees to take the test. Yeah. So she gets the test explained to her by Carol and David goes, oh, no, you got that the wrong way around. I did the opposite to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, opposite of a wolf. Yeah. It's just like, what's opposite of a wolf? A butterfly. Oh, wolf out. Yeah. I'll it. Come out, baby. Woo. Oh god! Uh, yeah, because then you you have the hilarity of the sequence where he's he goes to push the elevator door. Yeah, 
and the elevator's taking too long, so he's like, I'm going to go for the stairs. And then as he walks out of shot to get the stairs, the elevator door's open, so he comes back to get the elevator. And then he pushes the button, and he's waiting too long for the elevator to get shot and go down. Oh, my God. Yeah. Cracks me up. And again, that's all just Hornsby being fucking brilliant. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, yeah. I, I'm so glad that Hornsby is one of the main characters in this thing, because he's just pure class. Um yeah. So yeah, the it, the episode just kind of continues, and every everybody kind of breaks down their individual bits. You know, Dana and Rachel just kind of their their whole thing is that they don't think they like themselves, and and this so it's it's just a bit of a relationship issue with them as well. Yeah. But they sign, they leave. Joe and Brad end up just circling each other for a little while, throwing a few comments at each other, saying, "Oh, I'll watch out, I'll kill you, I'll kill you," and that just kind of ends. Uh, but it's the the Poppy and Iron stuff, yeah. Because Poppy is then basically completes the test in like two minutes. Comes in, is dragged in, convinced uh, you know, basically tricked to coming in by Iron. So she comes in, does the test, and then turns out, yeah, she she got Lion as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Iron's just like, well, that's just that that's just a bunch of horseshit. She cheated. Uh, so yeah, it just then begins a bit of a contest between them because he's just like, there can't be two lions. Yeah. You can't have two lions in the pride. Yeah. And she's just like, but you made me co-creative director. And this again was always going to be a big part of the season where he says, yeah, we're co-creative directors, but his power trip just doesn't seem to want to allow it. So it's, it's him not coming to terms with that. And then as it goes through, Carol's just like, fucking hell, you're so fucking similar. You're both lions. You're both like this. Yeah. Just fucking talk. Just be open with each other. And Iron is open with Poppy. For the first time, he just basically yeah, says... she says, uh, what's your biggest fear, doesn't she? Yeah. She gets them to admit their biggest fears to each other. Yeah. And uh, and Iron finally admits that he's just like, I think my well has dried up. I think I've, I'm done creatively. I think the best stuff is behind me. And that Poppy's a younger... Uh, yeah version the younger smarter version of me yeah um and poppy's response to that is i hate singing in public and he's just like are you are you fucking joking like i've just bored my heart out are you fucking joking she's like oh so for the first time ever you you decide to be genuine with me and i'm supposed to what fucking reward you mm. um and yeah it's just yeah it shows the the very close but fractured relationship that they've now got um because once carol walks away and he's just try he's just trying to get her to wipe he's just like be fucking honest just just be truthful about something she's like basically she admits that she doesn't think that she's gonna be as good as anybody thinks because he's the one that gives her the credit and he's the one that actually helps her um and he he's the one that believed in her and he basically just goes, no, I don't, and just walk, kind of walks away because she's 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 hurt him, he's hurt her, and that's... Yeah, that's kind of how their relationship goes for a little bit at this point, isn't it? They're, they're, yeah. they're just destroying each other because they can't come together. Yeah. So they're just trying to take each other down. It's a, it's a horrible thing to see. Yeah, um, yeah I wrote that. I've got a note that just says, damn, Ian and Poppy at the end. I thought this was going to be throwaway filler. That's Which I did when the yeah. episode started. I was like, oh, this is just a fun little segue, blah, blah, blah. But no. Yeah, it's uh yeah, it it 
that that was the thing like the the pair of them were always going to have this fractious relationship because you you do you know they're, they're clearly good friends but again when one offers the other one a position of power next to them it's a, how do they find that equilibrium and yeah it's yeah it's interesting um and then we go into what again one of the things that i love about sunny is when we do these very standalone episodes um where it's completely different so we had one last series where it was uh dark death oh damn it i can't remember the name of the dark white there thank you so we had that episode which was nothing to do with at the end of this episode iron's wearing a dqd t-shirt yes yes he is yeah when he meets him um yes this one i I love this one because it's backstory backstory exclamation mark i can just imagine cw saying it uh so this is the this is the basically the history of cw where where did he come from Uh, and um so we get uh a guy uh, i think his name is josh brenner i think his name is uh he's an actor i've seen him in a few things uh he'd, i'd seen him in silicon valley uh that's kind of where i'd seen is him he the from. one playing peter cromwell uh no he's the he's the one playing cw oh right sorry yeah 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 okay uh, the other guy oh, long, long yeah the other guy uh who plays peter i can't remember i, I have definitely seen, I've, I've seen him in stuff before i just can't place him um uh, but yeah i've seen him in stuff before uh, but yeah, so it, it basically covers CW's just beginnings of his career, like as a writer. So you know, he he goes to a company and becomes a writer, but makes friends with two other people who they basically then you know, they're in this office and they're creative types, junior copywriters, junior copywriters. There you go. Um, so yeah, they they're typing or creating stories and doing certain things, but at the same time creating their own stories and sharing it amongst each other and they're helping each other creatively like okay this is good or that's good and from a writer's perspective again like if you're a writer i'm sure this is a hugely enjoyable episode because it shows that creator process uh the discussion between writers and artists mm. um and so yeah as it develops you we already know from the future cw is a bit of a stranger character than most um yeah his ideas for the, some of the stories are a little bit zany, a little bit out there. Whereas the other two, um, you know, don't necessarily abide by that really. So uh, one of the men's are becoming uh, an actual published person. Uh, and that just obviously inspires yeah. the other two. To kind Gold, of, yeah, if they a. E. Goldsmith becomes, gets published first. A. She gets Goldsmith. her story published. Yeah. Then she helps Peter try and rewrite his to get it published. Yeah. And they're both trying to help uh, Carl or CW get his published. Yeah. Uh, Tears of the Anaren. Tears of Anaren. Yeah. Um, oh, no, Tears, Tears of Anaren is how it ends up being known. Yeah. yeah. Tears of the Anaren. Because I can't um, remember the word. He, that, that sound, the rolling R, is he says it in there it's got a blah 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 blah. so it's like this yeah um so obviously uh so peter and uh, a goldsmith they they kind of begin a a bit of a relationship because uh, basically it appears to be because he just cw just doesn't turn up one night uh for their regular night out um he decides to go home and write instead so they begin a bit of a relationship because yeah he just happened to not be there one night so his jealousy also begins to stem from that uh, as well. That kind of bleeds into it. 
but then CW meets Isaac Asimov and basically decides, screw it. So gives him a copy of his book. Um, he doesn't care what other people are thinking about. He's just like, no, no, this is, this is a good, what I've written is great. You're just, you're not getting it. So he decides to give it to Isaac Asimov. As we know, like the pinnacle of sci-fi writers. And, uh, yeah, sadly, I mean, to begin with, you think, oh, okay, CW, you know, he's, he sent it back. He's read it. He actually enjoys it. He he puts a covering note. And it, essentially, I've he's. Made, ri- I've, I've put some, made some changes. You can yeah. use them or not. I've put them in red pen for it to be easier. Yeah, and um, every single line is rewritten. Yeah. yeah, he's rewritten the entire book. Um, and you, you just watch a, a dejected CW, just like, just just throwing it kind of on the floor. It's just like my life's work, everything I thought, and my idol just doesn't think anything of me. Um, but it's then his you know his walk afterwards again i just i love this episode i remember very very well he just then walks in the rain and walks past uh you know uh, you know a video game shop a video game show yeah but it's just pong and he just looks at it and just suddenly he's inspired and he's just like that's that's the future and so he he goes to work and just kind of walks into the middle of a meeting he's just like no no this is this is the future this is what it is basically video game writing yeah, video it? game writing like it's coming is there'll be video games with yeah. worlds and all these worlds and characters within them will need stories and they won't want to be mundane normal stories they'll have to be big and interesting and yeah. multifaceted and what is it he says i love it because it's like um instead of a, a singular linear narrative it'll be like a lightning bolt with yeah. multiple uh, diverging paths and things uh, it's fantastic the way they the the, the actor you know does that that little monologue sort of epiphany yeah. speech is is fantastic yeah and the 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 boss in charge basically looks at him and goes are you fucking crazy? Yeah, no. What the fuck are you talking about? I don't understand. No. Word of that. No. Just we're we're not we're not there. And even the other two are a bit like I, I don't I don't see it. I don't think I don't you're right. Where you're going. Yeah. Um. So again, him feeling dejected, just goes home, and he's just like, well, fuck it. So he then rewrites Tears of the Inarin, and uh, basically gets his gets his award is recognized as a, a fantastic writer, but by this point, uh, Isaac Asimov is dead. Mm-hmm. So he can't contradict him and say, you know, actually I wrote it. Uh, and although Goldsmith does seem to know the truth. Yeah, because she sees... She doesn't say it. Yeah, she sees Asimov reading the script after he gives it to her, yeah. uh, to him. Yeah. And she sees that. And then obviously, what is it? He says something like, uh, oh yeah, I know it comes off as a poor man's Asimov. And she says, no, it doesn't come off as a poor man's Asimov. It comes off exactly like Asimov. Yeah. And that's her hint towards it. And he's like, oh, well, thank you. What a lovely. Yeah, that's a compliment. Yeah. Um, I love the the, the little detail in here is that when she starts out being called A.E. Goldsmith and he's Carl Longbottom. And then by this point, he has wanted to be more like her. So has changed her name, his name to be C.W. Longbottom instead. And he meets her he's like oh hey hi hey. and he's like she's like no it's just Anne now actually yeah so she's realized that that was a a silly thing to do and he's actually cottoned on to that because he wanted to be more like her and it's it's that sort of detail that they throw into this show that i i really adore yeah and then 
the episode ends uh, with more present day, uh, or a few years uh, prior to to obviously Mythic Quest itself, where he is just sitting uh, in a Renaissance fair, um, you know, just selling depicting chicken. oh selling chickens. I say, yeah, he's just doing right. selling rotisserie chickens. Uh, and Iron walks up and he's just like, are you CW Longbottom? And he's just like, what, what are you asking? He's like, I'm a huge, huge fan. And he's got Poppy with him and she's just like, what? And he's just like, fucking come here. This is CW. This is the guy that's going to, this is going to the guy that's going to help write our stories. And he's like, what do you want? And he's just like, have you ever been interested in video games? And you just see his eyes light up. Mm. Um, and right. just, it, just a fantastic, this and the next uh, truly fantastic episodes in this series. Yes. Um, so this one leads directly into the next, which is uh, Peter. So CW now, obviously present day, um, is invited to Peter's home. Um, his his former colleague, who at this point had married Anne, uh, and obviously that was forty years ago now. I think. Yeah. Um, there's so... a brilliant speech at the beginning where he's talking to Rachel, and she's like, "Oh right, so you know, these your old friend," and he's like, "No, more like a foe, really." And she's like, oh, so you guys going to make up? And he's, he just says, no, I'm going to fuck his wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it just cuts to the credits. I love that bit. Yeah. Um, and, oh, yeah, this is where he, again, still doesn't know whether uh, Rachel is, is male or female. And he keeps just like, you, well, are you a boy? You well, a no, he says, there's a bit in the beginning where he's, he calls her a her. Yeah. Or he calls a young lady or something and she's like, Oh well I suppose I should be impressed that at least you knew I was female. Yeah. That was it, yeah, yeah. Um then, yeah. instead of getting confused over it. Yeah. Um so yeah, so he goes in and obviously it's a bit of an acrimonious kind of reunion between the two. Uh Peter's very welcoming, well CW's just being a bit of an asshole. Um Again, which I've got is... one of the lines here from CW which was was I the one who gave you a face like a fucked ass? No, it was your mother. Yeah. Um, and so Rachel's just kind of like, again, just pottering about, trying to be the mediator, I suppose, for a little while. And then eventually she's just like, yeah, okay, yeah, just go off and have your conversation. So they each, so they're sitting down and they're, they're each having a conversation. It's like, okay, go ahead. And they each think that they're going to apologize to the other. And it turns out that Peter's daughter um, had actually arranged this whole thing um, basically lied to each of them uh, to to basically get them to to meet up, um, to try and try and have a bit of a reunion. And it's it's again, it's just these two. And so here's a note. Uh, so I don't know whether you know this, uh, but this is uh, so. Uh, obviously, we know that um, F. Murray Abraham playing CW did win an Academy Award for Best Actor, um, which was hang on, I can find in the year, find in the year, hang on. Are you going to tell me no, that yeah. the man who plays Peter Cromwell in this episode was yep. up against him in that? No, 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 no. Okay. So in 1984, uh, F. Murray Abraham won Best Actor for his role in Amadeus. Okay. In 1985, William Hurt won Best Actor for his part in Kiss of a Spider Woman. <laughs> and there are, it's it's one of these things where um, I, I knew this anyway, but I read obviously read an article and they were a very close similarities between each of their respective characters in this and their respective characters in their films as well. So, mm-hmm. so there's just parallels there. But yeah, that was just a, an history and tidbit. Bless, it must have been one of William Hurt's final roles. roles yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought that as well myself the other day when uh, 
because it was when, a when you know it was a decent bit of time before he died but it, oh yeah yeah i, I can't yeah, think yeah. of much else i saw him in after this really no. after this sort of time yeah um and so it's just yeah they they obviously discuss what happened in the past each kind of blaming the other for different things their different perspectives obviously we know cw we we know a little bit more about what happened with cw than peter seems to uh it appears as though i never revealed everything to him um so yeah it, but again it's just these two titans of, of actors it's the best way i could describe that are just yeah. conversing between each other and it's just mesmerizing because they're just it's just a fantastic conversation between the two of them about the past and about this that and it's yeah how how they perceive each other and how time has changed them it yeah it's just fantastic it is um and yeah the, uh, there's the reveal that Anne actually loved Mythic Quest and came, yeah. kept a copy of the game as as CW's greatest work be- and, and was happy for him because he found his thing. Yeah. Found the thing that he he was good at and that he would be brilliant at. Um yeah, I've got a note that just says, damn, this show hits some fantastic emotional beats. Mm-hmm. Um there's also Lemon Groves at the house, isn't there? Yes. Which I loved because yes. that hint goes back to episode six where Anne takes seeds out of lemons yeah. to try and grow lemon trees and cw tells her why she can't and how how she's actually got to do it yeah and i i it, again attention to detail it yeah. just means so much sometimes yeah um so we learn again that peter is dying which is one of the reasons that uh you know his daughter, his daughter Ginny, had set the whole thing up and, and she is the same actress from backstory uh who, who played anne um which again just is that he's just like wow you're a spitting image of your mother and again for cw to see this woman and see all the things that you know had happened but and had was like you say was so proud of the fact that he'd found his calling in mythic quest and you know it, 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 you know Ginny's saying like my you know 67 year old mother getting me to teach her how to to play video games because of you <laughs> and it's just like you can imagine like yeah that some people probably are like, yeah, I love this story. I want to play it. Um, and yeah, it ends with CW getting Peter to read the last uh, novel of his series of books, which never got published because Anne the died. Hammer, and, the um, and yeah, because Anne died, the publisher was no longer interested in his works. And uh, But what, what I love again is as soon as it starts and he's just like, you know, the Bellerophon, and he's just like, you know, looking out at a completely destroyed planet. He's just like, what? And he's just like, it was all the dream. He's like, ah. And you just know, again, from the great performance of uh, F. Murray Abraham, that he's so invested in this story. He's yeah. like, I've hated the, I heard, these are the friends that I've hated for years, but he, you know he's read every book and loved every single sentence of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, just, it is, it's funny at times because the dichotomy between you watch Always Sunny and you watch Mythic Quest and they joke about like what that other show that he does. Uh, they joke about it, but it's funny the because that no one watches that no one watches, but it's really funny because like one of them is so ridiculous and so satirical at all times. Very rarely does it touch on those kind of real, uh, you know, emotional notes. Whereas Mythic Quest does kind of very much the opposite. It, it really touches on a lot more of those emotional notes. Um, um, it, yeah, I, I love the, the the fact that they're done essentially by the same people, but so different and yeah, so yeah. loved as well. 
Uh, so yeah, any any other thoughts on this one from you? Uh, no, I think I think I've covered all all the notes there. Yep, yep, I nice. covered all my notes on that one. Um, so beginning to get towards the end now. Um, so poor juice box. Uh, so yeah, juice box is the next one. So this begins with a presentation by Poppy uh, to show off her. Well, or sorry, by both Iron yeah, and Iron goes Poppy. first, doesn't he, and shows Iron, off this yeah. juice Zeus. expansion. Uh, and it's it's uh, you know Ubisoft you know just clearly put more money and time into this than most of their actual well, games. Well, no, it, um, it, it's mostly cutscenes from uh, Valhalla, from Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I'm also confused because there's a lot of stuff uh, featuring Aloy from uh, Horizon. Yes, that's the bloody York. one. Yeah, and uh, that's uh, a Sony production. That's yeah, a Sony. Very weird. Yeah, house. very weird. So I don't know how they got the footage for that unless they did a deal with sony as well or maybe no because it's made by apple so why would apple have a deal with sony it just doesn't make any sense it, it, I, yeah, I, I know ubisoft are their sort of tech partner yeah so that's why yes okay loads of footage of um uh like i say assassin's creed valhalla was used in that zeus one um and then yeah when i see the horizon stuff i'm like oh that's weird why is that there but anyway yeah um so yeah, Irons looks fantastic. It's all the, it's one of those ones where it shows you lots of awesome videos, footage, but no real gameplay, um, which is the the thing that every gamer really loves to see. Um, and then Poppy tries to do a test of her new expansion, where it's you know all changes are continually, and it basically breaks the servers, uh, and Blue Screen of Death appears, and she basically just hangs up on Montreal. Um. Yeah, it's that point. Before we move on at that stage, uh, yeah. the the blue screen that she causes actually made sense to me. Oh, okay, lovely. I loved it. I watched it again today and was like, "Yep, yeah, okay." I mean, I don't know how I'd fix it, but I I get what that screen's telling me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the the continue with thread here is uh is is Poppy obviously like shit. I can't do my expansion. She so she goes to the you know to a programming team she's like the fuck guys like you we could do why why isn't this working and that same guy is just sat there going because it can't be done it's impossible and she's just just stop saying that shut up uh, yeah because he goes to say because it's and she's like dude don't say it don't say it the next word out of your mouth better be helpful and he says aim lower yeah and she's like okay carry on and he's like well you can have this and this or you can have that and that, but you you can't have it all together. It won't work. Yeah. And then she gets interrupted by David. Yeah. Um, be told that be told that Iron Iron's had a heart attack. So yeah, she obviously freaks out and then rushes to the hospital because again, this is the thing. Uh, you know, whatever's going on between the two of them, it just shows the very closeness that yeah, she just yeah drops everything, goes to see Iron in the hospital. And uh, we learn, although they're trying to obviously have a bit of a heart-to-heart, we learn uh, that uh, it, it's not that he had a heart attack. He's just malnourished and dehydrated. Yep, he fainted. He no, fainted. I, I, don't, I don't faint. I don't yeah. do fainting. And she's yeah, like, yeah. so I can prescribe you a juice box. Yeah. And Poppy goes fucking mental. <laughs> she's just like, don't, don't. And he's just like, but no, don't. Um, And yeah, so yeah, she... She starts flipping out at him, just like you're not even you're you're taking the piss. Like this is all just a fucking cry 
you know, cry for attention. And um, I can't believe I fell for it, kind of. Yeah. And uh, then he opens up and he's just like, no, just you've hurt me. Like, I opened up to you and you you just didn't, you weren't there. Just, and he begins to cry and just begins very emotional. Clearly, he's not taking this whole expansion thing because that's the other thing isn't it he starts that bit by asking he he needs to know what she thinks of his expansion yeah because she's like well what does it matter everyone loves it montreal loves it you love it well what does it matter and he's like yeah but do you love it and she's like no i think it's derivative and boring shit yeah i think it's shit yeah and he's like yeah yeah exactly yeah exactly you're the only one that will tell me the truth it's just like why can't you know why can't you just be honest with me and uh He's just like, no, just fuck off, get out. I just, I want to be left alone. Uh, and then she just comes back in and then just a bit again, just the, the sweet moments. She just walks in and just knows, knows I am well enough. She just starts rubbing his head. And he's well, just like. Because he asks earlier in the episode. Yeah, like, that's it. Yeah. Sit there and just rub my hair while I fall asleep. Yeah. And then she finds out that he didn't have a heart attack. He fainted. So she freaks yeah. out and then, yeah, she leaves and then comes back and comforts him by stroking his head and yeah. sings him a little song yeah she, that's it, song she sings him ah there we go okay now we know she sings right. the rainbow connection from the Muppet um, movie in 1979 um uh, yeah so it, it, again it's just a bit yeah he, he's just saying she goes oh i just see a little boy he's just like i just see a little girl mm-hmm. and uh yeah but again it's that thing of you know she's doing this and she, she again it's that thing if she's already admitted her biggest fear is singing in public and she's doing it anyway again it's it, it's weird it's that weird thing and she begins to kind of just get emotional about it as well uh again it's just yeah just that very very closeness between them whatever's going on you know they're, they're you know they're, there's never been any romantic thing aside from the sex joke uh you know which, yeah exactly which i was worried you know, about at the beginning of this season i was like please do not make these two get into a romantic relationship yeah. i don't want it i don't yeah. want that romantic tension drama between them i don't want it i and think uh, you see that at the beginning of the second series i was like oh fuck they're gonna yeah. do it aren't they and no, but i think her reaction as soon as she woke away. up as soon as she woke up and she's like, oh, even she doesn't believe it. Like, it's not one of those like, oh, it'll happen down the line. No, they're just, they're just the best of friends. Um, and yeah, so, but we've obviously got the two uh, kind of side stories of this. Uh, Brad just thinking that he's beginning to show weakness now. Uh, and Joe's just possibly taking advantage of it. Uh, and then it turns out that Joe has just been foiled uh, by Brad's brother into yeah. committing uh, insider trading fraud. So, yeah, never mind. Um, yeah. Uh, Dana and Rachel, obviously, they're, so they're, their little thing with the game and what they're each doing because they've each come up with the idea. You know, Rachel now wants to go off and be a creative writer. Uh, it just so happens to be at the same school that Dana's applied for for her thing. So yeah. that whole yeah. thing as well going on. Uh, but the highlight, again, good old F. Murray Abraham. The highlight, for, I think, has got to be... Um, where CW is reading out uh, Iron's obituary. Uh, yes, yes, he's like, yes. Oh, yeah, he had me write it a little while ago. And he just reads out this absolute flurry of awesomeness. Um, and it's just fantastic. Just again, I love the man. Um, did you know that he is the voice of Konshu in uh, Moonlight, by the way? Oh, no, I didn't. Awesome. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I heard it for the first time, I was like, Ah, oh, there he is. Yeah, there he is. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, so we hit the last episode of 
season two of Mythic Quest, um, which is TBD. Yep. And mum and dad are back together. They start out by telling David. And yep. they're working on the expansion together to come up with something together. And they're going to do it on time and under budget. And David's very upset because the widow's up to it. But that whole sequence again, where yeah. they're he's talking to them and he's like, yeah, I... Yeah, she. Uh, I asked her to move in, and uh, she said no. And they were like, "Oh, oh okay." And he's like, "So I, uh, I misread some signals, and uh, I got down on one knee." And they were like, "Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep, yep." So I, I proposed, and she said no. And then I thought, while I'm down here, and they're like, "No, you didn't." He's like, "Yeah, I begged, <laughs> I begged her." Turns out, women like. Like the on one knee, but not on two, and she just didn't like any knees. <laughs> so funny. Just oh uh, yeah, yeah. Good up being yeah. like, it's okay. The wolf's back in town now. Yeah. Oh god. Um. Yeah. So okay. Well, I think we'll. T- I'm going to take it a different path because I think the A story is probably a better thing to end on as, as opposed to this. So the B stories, we'll go through the B, C stories. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the B story we'll go with uh, for this one is going to be, uh, so Rachel and Dana uh, have obviously now, again, so they, I have loved that their relationship hasn't done the usual kind of bullshit that they do with some TV shows where, okay, they're together and now we're going to put this and we're going to cause that problem. And, oh, okay, they're just together. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's been nice and just comforting just to see a couple be a couple for a change, which was just a refreshing change of pace I found with this show. Um, so they've now resigned because they want to go off on their respective journeys to college, um, which kind of upsets David because he's like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ, like I'm losing yeah, everybody. Just, uh, his his happiness. He makes himself happy after the initial opening by being like, ah, oh, it's fine. Mythic Quest's my family. This mm-hmm. is my family, and no one's ever going to leave me here. And then straight away, Dana and Rachel are like, yeah, we're leaving. Yeah. Um, uh, sadly, obviously, uh, while Rachel does get into Berkeley for her writing thing, Dana does not. Um, so that causes her to have a bit of a freak out. Um, so she then goes back to, to Iron and Poppy, kind of begging for the jobs back. Um, but again, just what plays out as a, a wonderful... Se- again, it just shows Iron and Poppy are just so on the same page. Uh, <laughs> she just yeah, walks in. Fantastic. Like I say, the this is where I wrote. I wrote down the actual line. It's why is it that every single person under the age of thirty thinks that what they feel needs to be broadcast to the entire world, and we give a flying fuck. Yep. Yep. Oh God. So they're just discussing between them how they can help Dana. They're like, well, we don't want to lose you. You know, we don't want you to go off, do something successful, and then it turns out that we didn't fucking help you out, and it, we, we look fucking stupid. Okay, go to this school. Okay, you learn how to program, and we'll pay for it, and it's all good. That's and they're just talking up. towards each other about this entire thing, just ignoring Dana, and then yeah, finally, it's just yeah, it's just brilliant, absolutely brilliant interplay. And, and yeah, then that, it's that, just. That... Oh. Uh, yeah, that bit with her where she's like, "Oh, so you like you like what you like my game?" No, no, you didn't listen. It's shit, but you don't think it's shit. That's what's more important. Because yeah. I could give this opportunity to all of these people out here, and if they fail, if they have a rejection, they would give up. But you won't. You'll keep working on it, and you'll keep going until you make something good. Because yeah, that's the line. It's uh, 
I don't, are you going to make anything good? I think Poppy says, and she's like, I don't know, but you'll keep working on it until you do. Yeah. And that's, that's what they're interested in. That's yeah. more important. It's uh, that's it. They see the passion in Dana about what she wants to do. They're like, this is just, this is a goat. This is a piece of shit. This is rubbish. <sighs> okay. What are we going to do for her? And it's just, again, that's just like, okay, we accept that she's one of us. We accept that she's one of these creative types. She's not going to let this shit go. And uh, that is it. It's, it's again, the camaraderie of this office little unit. They see the people and they go, yeah, these are the people we want to work with because they're like-minded. And that's, yeah, it's, it's good. Um, so whatever happens, obviously there it's, you know, uh, Rachel's going to go off maybe. And Dana's going to stay here. We'll, we'll, we'll pick that up and the next season, I'm sure. Um, uh, the other story is obviously Brad. Um, oh, sorry. Well, Joe is is obviously being screwed for insider trading. Goes to CW for some assistance to begin with. Um, yeah, that doesn't really work out all that well. So Brad decides to take the rap instead because it would improve his street cred. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, but again, so he's just yeah. He he calls. Is it the? I don't know whether it's the cops or the FBI. Yeah, it is the feds. Yeah. So they come to talk to him and they're just like perfectly, hi, yeah, we're just, yeah, hi. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, you can arrest me, you can cuff me. And they're like, we don't do that. But Joe, obviously wanting to save face, uh, you know, puts a puts a cardigan over his hand so that it looks like he's been handcuffed and they're just trying to protect it. And yeah, he just storms out and he's just like, let us motherfuckers! Yeah, um, swearing up Joe as he's walking to the go, nothing to see here! Yeah. Up walking! Yeah. <laughs> don't take pictures! Yeah. Uh, and da- obviously David just begins it begins David's freak out even more because he's like what what do you mean, what do you mean he's, been, he's been arrested oh god just because it's yeah. like Brad's been arrested and then uh, Ian's like yeah that tracks yeah that, yeah, 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 yeah yeah actually that does yeah track. yeah um, and so and it ends up like uh, Joe ends up going back to David because you know she no longer has a power base Again, that's uh, a because brilliant bit where he walks up to the roof and she's stood near the edge and he's like, "No, Joe, don't oh, no, do no, it." Then he's going to jump. Yeah, and then she's like, oh, "I'm just getting some fresh air." What? What, what are you doing up here? It's like nothing, okay. just getting fresh air. Fresh air, fresh air. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and again, they're just they're just talking about power. It's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm a powerful person. Yeah, I'm in charge here and stuff. Uh, but yeah, basically, he's not because everybody's leaving, uh, which leads us uh, circle round back to story A, which is uh, Iron and Poppy who. Uh, basically so uh, again it's that thing of where they're now on the same page and they want to go ahead with the expansion so how are we going to do uh you know this persistent change thing along with alongside use and iron's now beginning to understand he's like okay th- this is what you want to do and he's like you can't do it and she's like oh what the fuck and so again, I'll, I'll, this it, it, here's the line this is how i know it can't be done if it could you'd have done it already yeah and Again, I totally got the explanation on the board. There's a big board with all the bits that need to happen between the servers and the persistent changes. And I loved it because I just paused it and looked at it. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I understand what they're trying to do. And uh, again, it's the attention to detail. I love the fact that they are genuinely, you know, talking to, uh, I guess, people at Ubisoft to get the right technical language displayed and, and, and the thought processes right. So it looks genuine when you see it. Um. And yeah, so they're discussing this, and again, the idiot from before, who's been constantly saying you can't do it, um, is stood there. And uh, as soon as Iron says, "Yeah, it can't be done," and Poppy realizes, "Shit, Iron's right." Guy's like, "I've been saying that all along," and Iron's like, "Shut the fuck up! This is Poppy Lee. 
She's a fucking genius. Have some respect. And I just love it. They're always, you know what? It's just, oh, they're always on the same page. And she's just like, yeah, fucking Iron's right. I'm a genius. Uh, but that leads them, uh, along with CW, to then take a walk uh, down the hall of Mythic Quest, uh, which is basically, you know, they've just put up all of the artwork and all of the things they've had made from the game since it comes yeah, it, its inception. It has its own wing. Then um, she doesn't want to repeat, does she? So she has no. them knock it up so they can see where they've been. Yeah. So they don't go over the same ground. Uh, and again, it's just the, the wonder of CW understanding story and storytelling and where it goes and basically, re- re- you know, makes them realize that they've reached the end of the creative well uh, for Mythic Quest. That's it. The baby is done. It's now a full grown adult. They, you know, there's nothing more That's they can do. Age. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's out um, the world. She's legal. Oh, for God's sake, CW. Yeah. Um, and that's it. So yeah, so they realise that's it. Mythic Quest is done. They so they then basically resign. Uh, you know, they go up to David and he's just like, no, 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 and he just throws a bit of a tantrum because everybody is leaving and he just can't accept it. Um, but yeah, they're just like, nope, we're done with it. So. Uh, it now ends with the pair of them sat at the same bar that they were at when they came up with some of the inspiration for Mythic Quest. And um, again, it's just that conversation. I just love the conversation of, uh, you know, Iron's like, oh, okay, yeah, our, our our new vision for for the game. And she's just like, well, actually, it, it's kind of my vision. I came up with it. And she's just like, Pop, you can say what you like. I'm really not that fucking bothered about it. And it, 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 he's just I'm come to accept it. Just like, I don't need to think that I've... yeah come up with the idea to have control over it or something to be to be the leader of it and to be the boss of it yeah and so he just slides across a napkin uh and a pen he's just like there's your canvas yep get started uh get started and there we go so mythic quest season two um which uh you know what i i loved it the first time on second viewing i really loved it yeah the end though where she's like she's confused to start with she's like but you said Hera's impossible. And he was like, yeah, it is yeah. in Mythic Quest. But we're going to build something from the ground up. You were trying to put your idea into my structure. And that won't work. But if we design it together from the ground up with what you want to do, you can do anything. Um. So, I mean, from, uh, you know, from a writing standpoint, again, just I lo- I've loved the writing throughout uh, the seasons because it shows character growth. Um, they don't just again some of the background characters like Carol uh, in HR again you see her in the last episode like because the testers are fucking uh, in in the tester room and yeah she that's just, right she just don't kind of hits it and she's just like no I'm not hearing that but again it, that it's those little throwbacks and stuff like that it always makes you chuckle um, again just having episodes just stuck in the middle like back backstory and Peter which yeah. is so separate from the show but. You know, I love those. I I can't wait to see what in season three, what kind of an episode they throw in there because they're just random. They're a bit different. Um, I have read this morning actually that F. Murray Abrams not coming back. Oh really? Shame. Yeah, he's he's uh, not in uh, not part of the project anymore. Oh. I research. I, I was doing uh, just searching. Yeah, you know, getting up the wiki pages and stuff this morning for any notes I wanted to talk about. And yeah, it, oh. Uh, oh, where is it? Hang on, I'll find the article. No, no. Okay, well, that is a shame. That is a shame. Yeah, it's, it's, he's not coming back. It doesn't say why, unfortunately. It just says, no, he's he's not coming back. It's a recent report, like in the last 10 days or so. 
Okay. Okay. I don't know why. Obviously, we know he's in the middle of Robbie's currently in the middle of production on season three. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know why. Hmm. That is a shame. Yeah. Um, real shame. Damn it. Yeah. He's one of the. Yeah. <sighs> he is one of the greatest things of it. Uh. But I hope that's not for good. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll you know. Um. We'll yeah. yeah we'll have that. Um. But yeah, as as a whole, I mean, it's you know, it's it's a very different cast uh, again to to you know, always sunny for these guys, um, which always cracks me up to see Rob uh, do some very different stuff, uh, you know, act a little bit more because very much there's not much. I'm not gonna say there's not much acting in Sunny, but it's very much a repeat of the same characters. There's a little bit more growth with his characters here. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, anything with Charlotte Ricardo in, I just love um, Poppy yeah. Lee. And, She's fantastic. Um. Yeah, so we hope you've enjoyed our discussion of Mythic Quest Season 2. Indeed. Obviously, there will be more, so we will come back around to this at some point. Uh, I suppose I better go back to Philly at some point and uh, crack through some more series of that so we can discuss them, but uh, we'll discuss that after the fact. I don't know what we're going to do for the next episode. I have a few ideas, so we'll discuss it off pod um, because I don't want to give anything away. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, unless there is anything more from my good friend and co-host, Fluffy. No, nothing more from me. No, I have gotten all my notes out into the world, so I think we'll leave it at this point, and we will say that I have been Bav. I have been Fluff. And this has indeed been Screen Masters. <laughs>